You're listening to the St. Mark's Podcast for April 18th, 2021, the third Sunday of Easter. Today's sermon was given by the Reverend Elizabeth Garnsey. It's based on Luke chapter 24, verses 36b through 48. It's mighty strange to ponder Jesus appearing to his disciples like a ghost one minute and eating a piece of broiled fish the next. Did he walk through a wall or a locked door to get there? What happened to the fish in his body? It's no surprise the disciples were startled and terrified, as the text says. So many strange things to wonder about. Each of the resurrection accounts is full of mystery. In one, Jesus appears to two bereft disciples on the road to Emmaus. He spends the whole day opening up the scriptures for them, the entire law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, and he stays for dinner at their house, and then he vanishes from their sight. They spent the whole day with him, and into the evening, yet they don't recognize him until he's gone. Then there's the story about Mary Magdalene mistaking the risen Christ for a gardener outside his tomb. And there's the one about Peter swimming to the shore from his fishing boat to find Jesus there cooking breakfast on the beach. And there's Thomas, who is invited to touch the scars in Jesus' hands and side. It's easy to get so caught up in the miraculous nature of these accounts that we can forget to press on and ask how these stories become life-changing spiritual experiences and not mere ghost stories. In the resurrection accounts, so much is left to the imagination, so much left to mystery, but two things are consistent across the accounts the certainty of Jesus' presence, and Jesus completes each encounter by giving them something to do. They had to rise up in courage. They had to leave their locked rooms. They had to go share Jesus, God's embracing, reconciling, forgiving love that Jesus had extended to them. For these are the main points of each and every encounter with the risen Jesus, to be assured of his presence and to be sent out to take our place in his mission. Mary Magdalene is told to go and tell the others that she has seen Jesus. The disciples are instructed to go and make other disciples and to bear witness to Jesus' peace and forgiveness by passing it on themselves. Jesus tells Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. None of these resurrection stories would have had any lasting significance if those who experienced them hadn't responded to the invitation to go and tell, go and forgive, go and make peace, go and heal, go and teach, go and serve, go and love one another, go. Want a spiritual experience? We can literally go out and get one. Because the going out and doing is where the power of a spiritual experience begins. As Rowan Williams said years ago, the empty tomb by itself proves nothing, and no amount of apparitions, however well authenticated, would mean anything either, apart from the testimony of forgiven lives communicating forgiveness. In whatever form Jesus came to the disciples, he came to them bringing peace and forgiveness, and it was this peace and forgiveness that that fired their despair into hope their guilt into freedom, and their fear into courage. 
even though a couple of centuries later, the church tries to nail down the resurrection in doctrines and creeds to be memorized and recited. I am here to say that far more than believing in the empty tomb and the resurrection, it is by practicing the way of resurrection that we will come to know how it is real for each of us. To repeat that brilliant insight by Rowan Williams, the empty tomb by itself proves nothing. Practicing resurrection is not something we talk a lot about in church, oddly enough. We are really good at Lent. Nearly every church in Christendom has some language and framework and guiding programs and outlines or activities to show people the way of repentance. For 40 days in Lent, we get pretty good at speaking the language of self-denial and dying daily to sin and praying and fasting and giving alms. We're pretty good at coming to the foot of the cross and kneeling meekly upon our knees there. And rightly so. These disciplines help to shape us in profound ways. But what about when Easter comes? What if we were as intentional about practicing resurrection disciplines for the 50 days of Easter? It seems Christians find it challenging to get up off our knees in Eastertide. It's hard for us to come out of the tombs that we have either created for ourselves or that culture or division or bitterness or failure or regret or emotional fatigue has got us buried in. It is hard for us to roll away the stones from our losses and the various disappointments and deaths in our lives to let God raise us up again. But it is Easter, and now is as good a time as any to practice the resurrection that Jesus makes real for each one of us if we will dare to rise up and walk out of our tombs. And just like Jesus did, we can start with peace and forgiveness. For example, if you are continually beating yourself up about failing at a relationship or a job, or if you have given up hope, how about practicing the resurrection of getting up again? Let yourself out of the tomb and take a new path. Try again. Failure is not in falling down, but in staying down as the old proverb goes. If you harbor anger towards someone, try committing yourself to making peace with them, at the very least in your own heart. One way to begin to pray for that, one way to begin is to pray for that person for the rest of Eastertide, 30 more days or so, and ask God for the courage to confront the situation, forgive the person, and move on. Send a note or make a call to open the door towards peace with someone who has wronged you. And sometimes there's a person or people in our lives whom we love, but perhaps we hold on to them too tightly. Is there someone you're keeping in a box of your own expectations? How about praying for the ability to love them and let them go at the same time? What will it take to set them free to become the person God wants them to be and not what you want them to be? And for the week ahead, Thursday is Earth Day. Are there steps we can take to reduce our carbon footprint this year? Maybe it would be to start composting food waste or planting some seeds, contributing to a reforestation project, 
or even going solar in some small or large way, or just looking and listening more intentionally to the natural world when we're outside. In these and other ways, we can put our attention on all that is hopeful, all that is renewing, all that promises to be life-giving and liberating to our soul-sick selves and our love-starved world. The opportunities to rise from our dead-end ways are too numerous to count. On these and many fronts, I am preaching not only to you, but to myself as well. We would all be amazed to see the spiritual experiences that come out of a few courageous acts of practicing resurrection. And when we do these things, we don't do them alone. Jesus is present with us. As one seminary professor quipped, Jesus went ahead of us, not instead of us. We neither bear our crosses nor step out of our graves alone. The miracle of the resurrection is his constant presence there with us, both in our falling down and in our rising up. If you're one of those people who says they've never had a so-called spiritual experience, I believe you if by spiritual experience you mean something like Jesus suddenly entering the room through a locked door or your wall and asking you for some broiled fish. Join the club of most people. But I believe a spiritual experience includes all the miracles that occur when we have done our courageous work of reaching out in forgiveness or standing up for peace and justice or contributing our time and attention and resources to making life better for someone else or doing the things that has to be done even when no one else is looking or helping or accepting a painful reality or a failure and having the courage to rise above it and to live in hope and newness of life. Even for those first disciples of Jesus who saw the risen Lord, the lasting spiritual experience was not Jesus appearing to them in ghostly fashion, but in responding to their vision by going out and doing the spiritual work. At the end of our service today, as on every Sunday, we will be dismissed with the ritual words of the dismissal. We easily overlook the fact that the dismissal is one of the most important parts of the liturgy. It is our sending out to go and do. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord is the most common form. And some churches say, the worship is over, the service begins. And at St. Mark's, we spell it out even more clearly, lest anyone miss the point of our coming together in the first place. Go and make disciples who live a deeper life in Christ, a more holy communion with one another, and a greater love for the world. I'm not sure practicing resurrection could be more simply stated. So take heart. Do not be afraid. It's Eastertide. Rise up and out of whatever tomb is keeping you from living life fully and miraculously. Peace be with you. Go and practice resurrection. Amen. You can find more sermons on our website at www.stmarksnewcanon.org.